0: Thank you for accessing this audio resource from Glad Tidings Church. This is Pastor Tim Rice. I hope you enjoy the message and receive some benefit from it. If you do, please let us know. Send your comments to info at gladtidings.church. Now, here's this week's message. Psalm 112 describes an upright man or an upright woman and how God blesses. Uh, that man or that woman. I've said that you can observe in this passage, in this psalm, you can observe three stewardship principles from this psalm. Number one, that when we honor God, God blesses us, that there is a connection between our obedience and prosperity, that God blesses us when we obey him. Number two, that when God blesses us, then we ought to honor God with those blessings, what he blesses us with, We should honor God uh, with the wealth and the blessings that we receive from him. And then principle number three, when we choose to honor God with his blessings, when we honor God in that way, then God honors us. And so we're talking about these three stewardship principles. And this morning, we've already talked about the first one this morning. We're going to focus on the second principle, which is that when God blesses us, we ought to honor God With those blessings. And so I want us to read Psalm 112 uh, and then we're going to get into this principle. Psalm 112 Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Light dawns in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious, merciful, and righteous. It is well with a man who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice. For the righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steady. He will not be afraid until he looks in triumph on his adversaries. He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn is exalted in honor. The wicked man sees it and is angry. He gnashes his teeth and melts away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for your words. Father, we thank you for your ability to speak to us this morning from your words. And so, God, we ask that you would do that. Give us ears, God, to hear what your spirit is saying. Give us wheels, Lord, that will become obedient to your words so that we will not be hearers only, but so that we will be doers of the words. God, anoint me and enable me to communicate clearly the principles that you have for us in your word so that, Lord, we can be blessed and so that, Lord, we can bless others. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, previously, I explained the relationship that exists between righteousness and prosperity, that there is a connection between our obedience to God's And God's blessing to us. So you can clearly see that in this psalm, Psalm 112. An upright man or an upright woman enjoys God's blessing in their life. He or she becomes prosperous and successful because they honor God in their life. Now, uh, you might remember that The reason that they prosper through their obedience to the Lord is because, first of all, they have learned to obey the financial principles of God's Word. So what God's Word says about responsible money management, they obey what God's Word says. And because of that, they enjoy success because uh, they're obeying what God has said. Number two... They become prosperous because they enjoy the covenant promises of God's word. If we're God's children, and we ex- we are in a uh, if we abide by faith in a covenant relationship with God, and we're obeying His commands, we're doing His will. Then God has promised that He will prosper us and that He will bless us. Amen. So, we enjoy also the covenant promises of God's word that He will bless us when we obey Him. And then, number three, the wise or the upright person prospers because they understand the kingdom priority in God's words. Now Jesus said, If you will seek the kingdom of God first, seek me first, then, and my righteousness then all these other things will be added to you. We, we sometimes flip-flop that and we get it backwards, don't we? We go after the things of this world and we run after all of these other things and we say, well, when I get those things, then I'll give and then I'll uh, honor God. But God says, no, no, you put my kingdom first, give me priority in your life, and then all of those other things that you're worried about, I'll give those things to you. I'll provide those things for you if you'll put me first. So there is a link between our righteousness, our our willingness, our obedience to God and his ability to bless us in our life. But now, not all of the blessings of God uh, that he gives to an upright person, not all of those blessings are material or uh, monetary. We talked about that. In fact, not even the most important blessings that God gives to us are monetary or material, He gives us things that are much more important uh, than those things. However, uh, that's how we tend to measure prosperity, how much money you got in the bank, how much stuff uh, do you have in your house, what kind of car you, do you drive. Those are the ways we measure prosperity. It's not how God's Word measures prosperity. God's Word uses a different standard for prosperity. And we talked about that, about that last time. However, verse number 3 does say this. Wealth and riches are in his house. Wealth and riches are in his house. Money is a means by which God blesses his people. Money is a means by which God blesses his people. In fact, this is an important point to emphasize What money you do have, whether it's a lot or whether it's a little, what money you do have. How many knows God gave you that money? Uh, However much it is, uh, God gave you that money. It's a sign of his blessing in your life. You may, now listen, you may think, uh, no, my employer gave me that money. or No, I earned that money. With my own two hands, I made that money myself. But Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18 says this, You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth. Amen? How many believe God's Word is true? Amen? So that means that all the money you've had, all the money you've ever had, all the money you will have, all the money you've got today... All of it, you have it because God gave it to you. God gave it to you. Now, um, that's huge. It's important because that has important implications about how you choose to use the money that that you have. Here's what I mean: If you understand, if you understand that God is responsible for your money, then I believe you'll be more responsible with your money. If you recognize this is not my money, God gave me this money. Everything that I have, God has given me the ability to make wealth and to have wealth. So everything I have comes to, how many knows that changes your perspective about how you use the money that you have when you recognize it's money that God gave uh, to you? For example, Um, If you understand that the money you have is money that God gave to you, you may stop spending it on certain things because it doesn't honor God. Um, In fact, in Hosea, in Hosea, God laments that Israel had been an unfaithful bride to him. And this is what he says. He says uh, about Israel, for she said, I will go after my lovers. Who give me my bread and my water and my wool and my flax, my oil and my drink. But God said she will be unsuccessful. She'll be unhappy and eventually she will fail. And then Hosea says, and then she shall say, I will return to my first husband. She's talking about God, return to God for it was better for me then than now. And she did not, now listen to this, and she did not know that it was I who gave her the grain. I that gave her the wine and the oil and who lavished on her the silver and gold, which she used for Baal. In other words, God said, I gave her the money. I gave her the oil. I gave her the wine. She said, it's my oil. It's my wine. It's my flax. And so she spent it pursuing her pleasures. But God said, no, no. I gave her all of that. And she spent it pursuing other gods. Imagine the irony of using what God has given to you to pursue purposes that violate God's will for your life. That's what Israel was doing. Israel was using the gifts that God had given to her to pursue purposes that were counter to God's will for for their life. And friends, we may be guilty of the same sin when we mistake God's blessings for our money and we begin to use it or misuse it for our own desires. Here's what God said about Israel. He said, therefore, I will take back my grain and my wine. I will take back my wool and my flax. Friends, I believe that if we don't appreciate God's gifts and and if we fail to use them according to God's purpose, then how many knows we may be in danger of losing those gifts and forfeiting God's future blessing in our life? Because it's God who gives us the money that we have. It's God that gives us the blessings that we enjoy. And so we have to ask ourselves, God, if you have given this to me. How is it that you desire for me to use these in a way that honors you, in a way, God, uh, that you desire, that is consistent with your will for my life? So we ought to acknowledge God's blessings in our life, and we need to choose to use those blessings. Use that, and that includes money. That's what we're talking about. That, that includes the money that we have, and so we have to choose to use it in a manner that honors God's. Um, and that is the relationship that we observe in Psalm one twelve. The upright man is blessed by God. He's upright, and so God blesses him. Wealth and riches are in his house, he is blessed by God and in turn he blesses others. He uses that wealth and he uses those riches in a way that is consistent with God's will for his life. He blesses others. Psalm 112 says he is gracious and he is merciful. The upright man, he deals generously with others and he lends. He has distributed freely, and he has given to the poor. You see, when we honor God, God blesses us. And when God blesses us, then we ought to honor God with those blessings. And how do we honor God with the blessings that he has given to us? We honor God with the wealth that he gives to us by demonstrating generosity and by distributing it Freely, not by holding on to it, not by hoarding it, but by giving it away to others. We honor God with our wealth by distributing it generously, giving it away uh, to others. I've said it before, and I've said it in uh, many other, I've said it often, and I've said it in many other connections, uh, but it is certainly true here as well. God blesses us so that we might bless others, amen? God blesses us so that we might, in turn, bless others. In fact, that principle is illustrated in God's first covenant uh, with Abraham. And I, I read this verse, but I'm gonna read it again uh, real quick for you this morning. God said to Abraham, I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing so that you will be a blessing. We honor God with his blessings by using them to bless others. We might be a blessing to them. The upright man has wealth and riches in his house, but he's not, he's not hoarding that wealth. He's not consuming that wealth on himself. He's not spending it only on his own desires or even his own needs. The Bible says he deals generously with others. He lends it to those in need. He distributes his money freely, and he gives it to the poor. The true measure of successful biblical stewardship is not how much, and you probably have heard this said before, but is the true measure of true biblical stewardship is not how much God can give to you, but it is how much God can give through you to others. And if you will be willing to be a blessing to others, then God can bless you, and you can use those blessings uh, to, bless, to bless others. God's desire is, is that we would be channels of His blessing, not, not reservoirs of His blessing, but channels for His blessing. He wants to bless us. God will bless us, but he blesses us so that we might in, in turn be generous uh, to, to others. Giving, giving is how we express gratitude for the gifts that we have received from God, is how we say, God, everything that I have comes from you. Everything that I own, it comes from you. And giving is how we express our gratitude for those gifts. And gratitude is how we express how we honor God with the blessings that, that we have received. And after all, let me ask you, as Paul asked the Corinthians, what do you have that you did not receive? <laughs> nothing. There's nothing that any of us have that we did not receive. That's a rhetorical question that Paul asked the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 because he was concerned about the Corinthians. He was concerned that they had become conceited, that they had become prosperous, that they had become puffed up, that they were cold and that they were uncaring, that in fact they only cared about themselves and they didn't care for the needs of others, and Paul says, "That is not the attitude of a good steward of God's grace." In fact, in that passage, Paul says, "It is required of stewards that they be found faithful. What is, what is a faithful steward of the blessings that we have received from God? A faithful steward understands that they are recipients of. Of God's goodness, that they are recipients of God's grace, that they are recipients of God's blessing in their life, and that they bear a responsibility to share it with others and to be generous with the blessings that they have received. Giving is the antidote to that that fatal kind of pride that can sneak into our life and steal the blessings of God uh, that he has given to an upright man or an upright woman. Giving is how we combat that kind of pride. We recognize I don't, there's nothing I have that I have not received. I'm a recipient of God's blessing and God's goodness, and I bear a responsibility to share it with others and to give it and to give it away. Or as Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 8, freely you have received, freely give. Freely you've received, freely give. So giving is how we honor God with the blessings that he has given to us. So how should we give? Well, I think that there are three biblical standards for giving and A biblical method that generally corresponds to each one of these standards, okay? Number one, we should give. The first standard is obedience. The first standard is the lowest bar, so to speak, in biblical giving. Not in giving in general, but in biblical giving, in biblical stewardship, So, it's the lowest bar in biblical stewardship, and it is giving at, because it is giving at the only threshold that is ever commanded in Scripture, and and that is 10% of your increase, or a tithe. A tithe. Y'all knew I was going there. I was getting there eventually, right? (laughs) A tithe. Obviously, the biblical method of giving. That corresponds to this standard of obedience is the tithe. The word tithe simply means one tenth or a tenth part. And and that is the amount of their increase that Israel was required to give back to God the tithe, 10%. And the emphasis is on required, that God required that of them. Well, you might ask, how was it enforced? Well, as you can imagine, it would have been difficult, if not impossible, to stipulate that every person in Israel was given a tithe of their income. There's, there's no IRS in the Bible, and aren't you glad? <laughs> I think we should do things biblically, don't you? <laughs> Although I have heard of churches uh, that require their members to submit tax returns, <laughs> We'll never do that at Glad Tidings Church, all right, so breathe, breathe easily. No, there's, there's no IRS that enforces uh, the tithe. There's no religious guild that enforces that tithing, giving 10% is voluntary, and it's self-enforced. Although God's Word does indicate that there can be consequences if we choose to withhold the tithe that God requires. In Malachi chapter 3, God says, will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you in your tithes and in your contributions? You are cursed with a curse for you are robbing me, the whole nation of, of you. Everybody Look at your Bible. It says the, the Bible says that, not Pastor Tim, right? <laughs> That's what the Bible says. <laughs> well, a man robbed God, yet you're robbing me because you're withholding that 10% that is required. And consequently, consequently, God says, so you're under a curse because you're withholding that uh, level of obedient giving that I've required of you. Again, Again, let me make it clear. I don't think guilt is a great motivation to give. That's not my purpose uh, this morning. However, if I thought that I was robbing God and that I might have that sort of consequence in me, in my family, in my livelihood, then I think that I would want to repent and I would want to begin to obey God's words so that so that uh, my finances would not be cursed. But wait, you might say, that's the Old Testament. Aren't tithe, isn't tithing an Old Testament requirement? And to be sure, tithes are. It is an Old Testament uh, concept. But like many other Old Testament values, uh, it continues to be valid. It continues to be a valid obligation in the New Testament as well. In fact, Jesus affirmed The principle of tithing, although he did condemn the Pharisees' legalistic practice of of tithing. In other words, on, on one occasion he condemned the Pharisees and he criticized the fact that they would, as Pharisees, they would meticulously measure out their spices, even the spices that they use at home. They would meticulously measure them out and make sure that a tenth was set apart for God. And so they were legalistic in, in their tithing. That's, that's never the intent is that God never wants us to be legalistic about tithing. So he criticized the fact that they were meticulous in measuring out their spices while at the same time they ignored the weightier matters of the law like mercy and justice and those sort of things. And this is what Jesus says to them. He says, you should have done the former um, he said you should have done the former and not left the latter undone. So in other words, he's, he's saying tithing is okay, that's appropriate, that's, that's cool, that's good. Uh, but just don't be legalistic about this and then leave out weightier matters of the law. So Jesus didn't condemn tithing, he affirmed tithing. He affirmed that concept in the, uh, in the New Testament. Moreover, 10% is actually is actually a low threshold biblically. Um, In reality, if you calculate all that God's people were required to give, um, it it actually works out to be about 23% of their income, 23% of their increase that they were required to give. And in the New Testament, the precedent was (laughs) that they had all things, in common. Remember, we talked about that in the book of Acts. So they would sell a piece of property and they would bring all the proceeds uh, to, to the church. How many believes we should go back to the Old Testament way or the New Testament way? We, should we have a vote this morning? Y'all want to do it Old Testament or New Testament way? <laughs> no, what I'm saying this morning is, here's the bottom line, it's impossible. It's impossible to use the Bible to justify giving God less than 10%. In fact, it seems to be that that's, the, that that's the lowest possible threshold of obedient biblical stewardship is that God gets 10% of the increase. You might say, well, what about those who have nothing to give? Those that uh, Jesus commended the woman who, had, who gave two mites at the temple. Yeah, but Jesus said about her, remember, she gave out of her poverty whereas the others gave out of their abundance, right? And so Jesus is not saying that she gave less than 10%. Jesus is saying she gave everything she had, 100%. So the tithe is that basic... um, Lowest level of obedience It's giving obediently. It's it's bringing that 10% to the storehouse and saying, God, this is not even my money. It's all your money, but this 10% is yours. I give it no strings attached. It's not mine to spend. It's yours, Lord. And so I bring it to you and I lay it down because out of thanksgiving for all that you've done for me, out of obedience, I give it to you. It's alarming how, how few Christians actually give a full tithe. And I'm, I'm not here this morning to, to just try to raise more money for the church, but the reality is, is that if all of us were tithing, if the entire church were tithing, then, then we could do more, have more ministries than we could even dream about if we were all tithing. All right, number two. Y'all got awful quiet on number one. Number two. Second level of giving, second standard of giving, standard, not level, standard. Second standard of giving is giving cheerfully. Give, you give obediently, but then the second standard is you give cheerfully. I've already alluded to it, but there's a standard that goes beyond the 10%, the obedience. God honors those who give obediently. We're going to talk about how God honors our giving next week. All right, all right. Um, but God, So God honors those who give obedient, but the Bible says God loves those who give cheerfully, those who give cheerfully. So the biblical method of giving that corresponds to this standard is, is the free will offering, the offerings that we bring to the Lord, which is not to say that you cannot tithe cheerfully, you ought to tithe cheerfully, um, but it is to say that the best expression of cheerful giving is giving that is not required, giving that is not expected, giving that is not compelled. It is giving that is a free will gift uh, to God. Remember, the tithe is Is not mine to give, actually. It's it belongs to God. And so I I bring the tithe to the storehouse and I say, God, in obedience I bring this to you, because everything that I have comes from you. And then, but an offering is a free will offering that we give. That we say, Okay, now this money is mine, and I want to give to you out of cheerfully for what you have have done for me. Offerings are those gifts that are above the amounts of the tithe and that are given cheerfully out of the abundance of God's blessing in our life and given in joy for what he has done for us and how he has blessed us. In fact, Paul references this sort of giving when he writes to the Corinthians about a collection that he's receiving for the saints in Jerusalem and he says to them, to the Corinthians, he encourages them to give, to set aside something every week to give. And he says, and each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, but God, for God loves a cheerful giver. So again, he's not talking about tithing here. He's talking about a free will offering that he's encouraging them to give Out of the abundance of God's blessing in their life. And in fact, there he quotes Psalm 112. He says, For God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work, as it is written. See if you recognize this as it is written, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor and his righteousness endures forever. God loves a cheerful giver. Now we're going to talk more next week about the promises that God makes to those who honor them with their giving. But it's important to point out here that what Paul is saying is that God loves a cheerful giver and that he is able, now listen to this, and that God loves a cheerful giver so much that in fact he is able to sustain such a person at a level of perpetual sufficiency. Make sure that you always have enough. Don't raise your hand, but have you ever not quite had enough? (laughs) Isn't Isn't it wonderful to think that we can always have enough? Well, God's word says if we're a If if we are a cheerful giver, he is able to make all grace abound to you so that you will have, listen, so that you will have all sufficiency in all things at all times if you're a cheerful giver. And the image here is, is one of God continually filling your cup so that you can all so that you're always able to give away out of the overflow of God's abundance in your life. That's what a free will offering is giving away the overflow, the abundance of blessing, giving out of the abundance of blessing in God's uh, that God has given to you. As you as you cheerfully just think about the image for a second. As you cheerfully give away out of the overflow, God, is just, God just keeps pouring in, keeps pouring into your life. And, and you just keep giving away out of the, isn't that a wonderful image of you joyfully giving away and God joyfully pouring into your life? What a great God we serve, amen? What a great God. So as we give away out of the overflow, God continually pours into our life. So the second Standard of giving is giving cheerfully, giving those free will offerings out of the abundance of the blessing of God in in our life. And then there's a third, there's a third standard, and I recognize it's twelve o'clock, and uh, so but I'm going to finish this up, and you guys are going to be generous, and let me finish this up, right? Number three, the third standard of giving is giving generously, giving generously. Now. This third standard of giving, I believe, exists in the Bible. Although it's, it's not completely unlike the previous one, giving cheerfully, all right? So it's not completely unlike that one, but I do believe that it deserves its own mention. Uh, so giving obediently is giving a tithe, giving that tithe. Giving cheerfully is giving the, those free will offerings above that level of tithe. And I believe that, that giving generously involves giving alms, alms. Um, Generosity can be motivated by joy, but in reality, generosity is perhaps most closely related to compassion, seeing a need, seeing a person, seeing a situation or persons in need and being stirred by compassion to meet the need. And that's what alms is, giving alms. Alms actually means to have pity or to give pity or to give, or to give or to show mercy. It is it is a willingness to say I see a person in need, I see a situation in need, and above and beyond my tithe and my free will offerings, different than than that, I want God to use me to meet a need in in someone's life. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 31 says this whoever whoever oppresses a poor man insults his maker, but he who is generous to the needy honors him. He's talking about who is he saying you honor? He's not talking about you're honoring the person in need, although you do are honoring them. He's saying you are honoring God when you give generously to people that are in need. So that third standard of giving is saying, God, I recognize someone in need. I recognize a particular need. And God, I believe that you want to use me to help meet that need. And so I want to give generously to that need because, God, I believe that when I give in that way that I am honoring you, and how many knows that brings it full circle back to what this is is all about? Because the second principle is this: that when God blesses us, and look, let me say this, I, I should have said this earlier. There is nobody that is here this morning that is not blessed. No, no matter how much you have, no matter how much you don't have, we're all blessed, right? <laughs> There's a lot of silliness going on in the world today. A lot of politicians. That are saying, well, you know the millennials or whoever will never know prosperity. Can I just tell you something that 's crazy? I had a different word for it I'll just say it 's crazy, right? <laughs> we are the most prosperous and blessed people that have ever been on this globe. amen in fact somebody somebody observed you know that pe- the person that tweeted that out I guess tweeted it out was probably tweeting it out on their iPhone that they had sitting in a Starbucks drinking a latte for four or five bucks and saying, you know, we'll never know prosperity. Poor us. Listen, we are the most blessed, prosperous people that have ever been on the face of the earth. Amen? And so I don't don't buy that. I don't buy that. We're all blessed. We're all prosperous. And with the prosperity that God gives us, the blessings that he places in our life, there is an expectation that we would honor him with those blessings. How do we honor him? We honor him by giving. Give it saying, God, I'm just a recipient. I just want to be a channel, God, of your blessings. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna give that tithe, that 10%, Lord, it's yours, it's not mine. I'm gonna bring it and give it to you. Thankful, God, to be able to do it. But above that, Lord. I'm so happy for all that you've done for me, for the abundance of your blessing in my life. God, I'm going to give freewill offerings as often as I have the opportunity to. I'm going to give it away because I know the faster I give it away, you're just going to keep pouring back into my life because you promised that you'll help me to always sustain or always be sufficient at all times and always if I'll just give it away to you. And then, Lord, when I see a need, I see somebody in need then God, I'm going to pray you use me, Lord, to meet that need, God. Help me, Lord, to be a part of that solution. Help me to be moved by compassion to give generously to those that are in need because, God, you've been generous to me. Amen? Would you bow your head and let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father, for those that have been patient with me this morning, who have stayed, Lord, to hear the end of this message. And now, God, I pray that you'd bless them. Your word says that you will do that, God. That's your promise to us, Lord, that if we'll put you first, if we'll honor you, then, God, you'll bless our lives. And, Father, each one of us that are here this morning, we we do believe we are blessed and we are prosperous. Now, God, we have the choice to make whether we're going to honor you with the blessings that we have received. Father, we don't want to be disobedient, God, because we believe that if we're disobedient, if we become selfish and cold and conceited, we care only about ourselves, what we can spend on ourselves, how much money or material things we can amass in our own life, then God, we know that's not being a good steward. That's not being a faithful steward. A faithful steward says, I am a recipient and I have a responsibility to give. I have a responsibility to share it with others. So, God, we pray that you'd speak, Lord, to each, each one of us. The reality is, God, we know that you don't need us. You don't need us to give to you. We need to give to you, Lord. And so, Father, I pray that you'll help us, Lord, to be obedient in our giving, God. That, Lord, you give us the faith to believe that, Lord, everything that we have comes from you. And so, God, we're going to obey you, Lord, not just be hearers, but to be doers. So we're going to obey you, God, with that tithe, that 10%. But, God, we pray that you'll help us, Lord, to move beyond obedience, God, and to begin to give cheerfully, Lord. That, Father, we can begin to give out of the overflow of the abundance of your blessing in our life. And then, God, that you would move us with compassion to see needs and opportunities to make differences in people's lives and in situations. And that, God, when we're moved by compassion, that we would give generously, Lord, to make a difference. Father, use our church in that way, God. Bless us so that we might be a blessing to others. And, Lord, we ask it all in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here this morning. We'll see you on Wednesday night, Lord willing. Thank you for listening today. If you have any questions or would like more information about following Jesus Christ, please contact us at gladtidings.church. If you live near Dunn, North Carolina, please consider visiting our church on Sunday mornings at 1030. You can also download our church app in the iTunes or Google Play app store and receive updates and notifications. You may use the app to make a financial gift to help support our ministry. God bless you.